0: Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for another episode of Tech Talk with your host,
1: Joey Klein.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. We have a special treat today. I think this is the first time that we have had... Two executives from the same company on the show to purely focus on that company. We are going to be talking to the folks from Utility and CEO Michael Nark is here as well as CTO Simon Araya. Guys, how you doing?
1: Joey, doing good. great. How are you? Good,
0: good. And y'all are headquartered right here in Atlanta, Decatur specifically. And one of you know your your story and your market really fit with the theme of the show which is trying to highlight technologies that I, I think are somewhat hidden in plain sight, right? That that maybe are not on... Um you know, the list of all, you know, maybe high profile marketing automation companies in Buckhead, but are doing something really, really impactful and that are doing something probably a little bit far more interesting, candidly. So I'm excited to have you guys both on today. In addition to that, you know, I think it's really going to be interesting to get a view from a technical standpoint as well as, you know, kind of a culture, uh, you know, overall standpoint. So let's just start with high level What is utility and what business are
1: you in? Simon, you want to start? I think I'll let you have this one. All right, very well. I'm happy to start. So Utility, as you say, Joey, is based in uh, Decatur, Georgia. It's uh, actually a fairly old business. It's been there uh, since about 2001 timeframe. And what we do today is a little bit different than what the business started out doing. Uh, But what we do today is essentially serve the law enforcement community uh, directly through a platform that we refer to as a digital evidence management platform and uh, it has various devices that are connected to it, and those devices are probably what everybody would know and understand as body cameras, uh, as well as what we refer to as in-car video systems, which is basically cameras that are in a police vehicle or a a county sheriff's vehicle, etc. And uh, frankly, what we do is is capture the interactions that take place between those law enforcement professionals in the community to ensure that interactions are captured, and uh, analysis can be done in those interactions to to help prove or better the society overall as it pertains to, essentially, those interactions.
0: Well, and, and I think that you're, you're, you, you, uh, you alluded, obviously, yes, you in terms of who you sell your products to, these are police departments, but in terms of who you serve, I think it is important to highlight the fact that, you know, really this is a, this is a community-wide benefit, right? The, the, the end consumer might be a police department, but those who benefit really is a, is a large cross-section of society.
1: One hundred percent correct, and it's uh, that is absolutely uh, our uh, charter, if you will, or our mandate, which is essentially, uh, you know, the community and the fact that uh, we're providing uh, a platform that essentially everybody can view, everybody can serve, everybody have a- has access to, uh, to help drive just overall better community relations that take place inside each and every community that has our platform. And are you primarily serving?
0: Um States, cities, federal government, what, what kind of, um, how small to how big of a force do you work with?
1: Super. Yeah. So today, uh, we are focused into the domestic U.S. space, so domestic uh, United States. And primarily, uh, we serve both municipal and city departments themselves, and then uh, in parallel also at a county level of sheriff's departments as they pertain. And basically our install base today of roughly 320 or so agencies across the U.S. is pretty split between the, a, a county level and that municipal state level or a municipal uh, city level. We do not today uh, address the federal market space, uh, but do have plans here in the next uh, 12 months or so to essentially be able to expand into the federal space as well.
0: Okay, gotcha. Let's let's talk about the technology for a second because, uh, look, I think that anyone who's listening to this is familiar, at least conceptually, with what a body camera is. Okay, anyone watching this has probably passed a police car and seen, you know, the large, you know, laptop that's kind of affixed to the um, interior console that a police officer has. All right. So, loosely, most people are at least familiar with high level what this technology is. But um, let's dig deep into what is different about what y'all provide, and why it has caught on uh, so rapidly?
2: Well, when we initially started with the body uh, camera project, uh, you mentioned earlier that this is not just a police tool, but a community tool as well. We wanted to make sure that we had a a policy engine that allowed us to change how we activate and deactivate the camera uh, based on different inputs. Uh, It could be digital inputs, it could be... Uh, the officer running, uh, officer going down, any type of input that would require us to activate the camera so that it's all automated was very important for us. Uh, So we built a policy engine that is unique in the market today. Uh, The second thing that we did with the body camera is we actually uh, have a patent for embedding the camera within the uniform to avoid one of the major issues with body cameras at the time, which was they fall off. Usually when you need them, they're on the ground pointing at the sky and instead of actually capturing things that need to be captured. So uh, we have a, a ton of technology, a ton of automation within a body camera, but if I were to mention a couple of the most important things that we've done early on, it would be these two things.
0: Well, and I think, um, and I have an unfair advantage over the audience because I have actually been in your office and seen what that looks like, and it is, I mean, it's, it is so simple in its design, but quite powerful. If you could, I think it'd be helpful to go into a little bit more detail about exactly what that design is and why it's so powerful as opposed to what is out there.
2: So, uh, if we have a number of accounts in, in this in this general area. So, if you see a tiny little lens uh, that is uh, displayed on an officer's uh, uniform just uh, as big as just a button, Uh That's all you're going to see from our body camera because the body camera is actually embedded. What is interesting is when the officer mounts the body camera inside the uniform, the device knows it's mounted and it starts behaving differently. Uh, What that means is if the officer takes off running, it assumes that needs to be recorded and it it records. If an officer goes down for whatever reason, it kind of gives the officer an alert saying it's going to call for help Mm -hmm. and it will do a countdown. And at the end of the countdown, we'll actually send a message to every officer within proximity wow. to come and help. So there are a number of things that are just associated with the uniform that give us uh, the ability to automate uh, certain things without anyone having to, to, to get involved.
0: The, the, the call for help is a very interesting one um, because I imagine that, okay, if you're selling this to a you know, department that has 50 officers, right, I imagine these are all... On the same, these devices are on the same network and speak to each other, and so it's, it seems quite simple that one device can communicate with with all the others without the officer having to do anything.
2: It, it is powerful. It actually uh, because it uses GPS, it actually tells the other officers where to go, uh, and it you can actually use driving directions uh, similar to the one I used today to get here uh, wow. to help you get there as quickly as possible. And uh, there are. Uh, actual uh, events that uh, took place, and uh, this technology has been helpful in the past, and I think it will continue to be one of the most important features that we provide with our
0: product. This is such a, uh, quite, quite valuable and necessary, but such a niche, and I am, I'm curious a little bit into uh, your background and how this came to be, and how you came to be interested in, in this field and solving this problem.
2: So I'm going to try and make it very short, but uh, we we initially... Uh, You're the only guest today, so all right. All right. <laughs> <We> got time. <laughs> initially, we started with uh, uh, automated vehicle uh, locators. Uh, we worked with uh, uh, hardware manufacturers that provided GPS data that we used uh, uh, to plot locations of uh, vehicle movement on a map. Uh, and there was a point where... Uh, the available hardware uh, that was in the market was not giving us what we needed. Uh, these devices usually reported every two minutes or so. So we decided to build our own uh, hardware that uh, combined uh, GPS location, vehicle onboard diagnostics, and then uh, communications. And uh, this is when uh, 3G cell cards were coming out. We were trying to take full advantage of that creating a vehicle area network so that uh, our customers stay connected at the same time provide GPS location. Uh, mainly utilities used this product and uh, at some point we realized that law enforcement had the same need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we uh, uh, realized quickly there was an issue that needed to be resolved in that in that space and that was most in-car video systems had a difficult path in getting the data out of the vehicle, so uh, we we decided to solve that problem, and and in doing so, we started working with a lot of video, uh, in-car video vendors, and at some point, we ended up buying one of them. Uh, When we bought the video company, uh, we learned a lot about how video was recorded, how video was transported, and we decided to solve another problem, which was a wireless mic that uh, had a range issue. By actually using a mobile device that recorded and forwarded the data, which ended up becoming a body camera. Mm-hmm.
0: And this was all around, what, what, what time, around what time did the pivot occur?
2: So uh, around 2013 to 2015 is when we started moving uh, uh, heavily into video And by 2016, we actually had our body cameras rolled out. Okay.
0: And are you totally now focused and pivoted to the um, law enforcement space, or do you still do work with utilities?
2: So we we focus on law enforcement, but we've also expanded our reach out to uh, uh, the uh, uh, prosecutors uh, uh, because there is also another need that we're trying Mm. to resolve and we have uh, specific portals that are designed for uh, uh, helping prosecutors actually deal with the amount the large amount of data that uh, they're getting from police departments.
0: Okay, that's, let's 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 pick up on that. Okay, so you've got a prosecutor, a DA, an assistant DA, right, with a, just a ton of cases that come across their desk. Um, and what exactly does this system do? Helps them sift through um, evidence so they don't have to watch every single second of it?
2: So, well, let me make that a bit more complicated. Imagine <laughs> okay. having 20 different police departments that serve, uh, as, you know, push data to the single prosecu- prosecutor's office. That's
0: right. Let's, like, imagine you're the DA for Fulton County, right? Exactly. You've got, you know, a million people spread over 14 different cities.
2: And they don't all use the same uh, recording. Yeah. Uh, uh, device or they don't buy their product from the same vendor. So now you have to deal with taking data from different sources that are recorded in different formats and uh, collected in different ways. It just creates a problem. and uh, On top of that, now you have citizen uh, mobile devices that are also collecting uh, a large amount of data that need to be uh, kept as evidence. Uh, what we uh, realized, and actually uh, a, a large county, one of the third large counties in the country, came to us and said, we want to solve this problem because they have 80 departments that are feeding them data. Wow. Yeah. And we worked with them for a couple of years to come up with a platform that is extremely valuable uh, to the prosecutors uh, that deal with this day-to-day. It reduces backlog. It uh, creates efficiencies by tagging everything that's coming in, and making it available uh, on demand, so that it could be shared further down to uh, defense attorneys and possibly used in court as well. Okay, so
0: let, let's take that use case example, um, and I guess we can we can we can use this for any of your technologies, right? So. You know some companies sell technology, and you know maybe you have a customer service department, but at the end of the day, you train the client on how to use your technology. There's someone internally who can do that. Some other organizations, based upon you know the industry they're selling to or the sophistication level of their client, you know there's a dedicated you know let's call it an account lead, right that is helping and um, implementing the use of that software. Is there a clear bucket in which utility falls on those two?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say there's a clear bucket. Uh, I would say what we're trying to help them drive is is that uh, ideally we want our platform to become the backbone of how they operate and how they deliver services to, in this case, the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so by virtue of that, um, we uh, like to suggest and and do execute upon relationships with uh, our client base really as partnerships. Uh, in that uh, we deliver a service and the services, of course, is the, the ability to access the platform, you know, and, in. Uh, and gain insights from the content that's that is stored and managed on the platform. Another way to, that we think about it is is that uh you know we're just stewards of the community's data or in this case the, yeah. the law enforcement uh clients data and help them then facilitate where that data has to go. And most of the time that data as Simon said earlier is uh, is video, right? Mm-hmm. Uh with an audio component as well, which by the way is one of the things that um we talk about being world class at, which is essentially moving Uh, video content, audio and video content that is captured in the field on devices to the cloud in a quick near real time, uh, fashion so that it enables dissemination to whoever needs it and and can use it. And so coming back to your question, just with respect to kind of the relationships we have with the client base, um, Nine times out of ten, uh, you will have essentially a couple of internal champions, if you will, or high level administrators who will essentially be responsible for driving the solution inside the departments themselves and, uh, driving policy changes, et cetera. And we end up then being a backup mechanism to those in those cases. Those are typically our larger clients, mm-hmm. uh, clients that essentially might have, uh, you know, a hundred uniformed officers and greater because they have the resourcing pool to do that. In uh, agencies that have less than that, quite frankly, we end up most of the time being that infrastructure for them um, and deliver kind of, uh, you know, we, we look at it as delivering our, our part of the bargain or our part of the service offering to them uh, and be there kind of eyes and ears for them as it pertains to all things technical uh, and all things kind of administrative as it pertains to the platform uh, to ensure that, again, the content is captured, gets where it needs to be and is used in the right fashion to drive uh, you know productivity and efficiency. Okay, so, so not only are you serving this um,
0: uh, industry in terms of the actual technology, you are obviously quite embedded with them in their use of the te- that technology and providing those services. You have a really up close and personal view of a wide array of different law enforcement agencies, from you know the smallest of the small to the biggest of the big. What is what is the most surprising thing that you have learned over? the past years of working in this industry that the public might not expect, might not think about?
1: I'm not sure we have yeah. enough time on this podcast <laughs> to talk about I'm kidding, don't, you know.
2: Give me a couple highlights. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of any... Uh, I, the, the most interesting thing is there is a, a need for a lot of tech to go into police cars to begin with uh, uh, because... Automation is extremely important in making sure that uh, events are captured properly. And uh, uh, I think we're beginning to see that uh, departments are becoming more informed in terms of what they need to have in place for uh, a successful deployment of projects like a body camera project. Mm -hmm. But I think initially uh, uh, infrastructure is extremely important and has to be in place Otherwise, a product like ours that removes the burden on the infrastructure has to be in place for it to be a successful project. And what that means is if you're uh, deploying uh, a body camera system that requires you to have a network infrastructure in the building where all the cameras have to be docked at the same time, uh, all of a sudden without the right bandwidth, you're not getting anything done. And that will become a failed uh, project. So early on there were scenarios like this where projects couldn't be uh, properly executed because of uh, some of the uh, missing pieces that needed to be in place. But we're seeing more and more now. uh, The customer base is more informed. They have seen some of the issues from other departments, and uh, uh, projects are getting uh, uh, done well. But uh, early on, utility decided to not put that burden on the department. And most of our communication was done through our uh, rocket that is also a communication platform in the vehicle that can directly upload data to the cloud.
0: Yeah, and and that seems like that would would make sense to just for developing the relationship, ease of use, um, an overall more smooth experience with the product.
2: That's absolutely, absolutely right. So as Michael mentioned, if you're a smaller department... You may not have your uh, own IT people in place to, to support the large number of computers that you're receiving, because at the end of the day, the body camera is also a computer that has to be maintained. If there isn't a good strategy on how to maintain that, then uh, that becomes a burden where uh, all of a sudden now you have you have to have resources for managing these assets, you have to have resources that actually take the video and share it with, with the prosecutor's office or defense attorneys or the media. Uh, And that also adds another burden and uh, a good project, a good product has to cover most of these things so that the platform, a single platform allows you to collect, configure, maintain, share, uh, everything that you would need to do with a single login and I think that's what we've attempted to to accomplish with uh, Polaris which is uh, our uh, police platform.
0: Okay, so so let's set aside the three hundred and twenty some odd agencies that use you right now. All right, let's take a medium sized county in the middle of the country that is not using your technology. What are they doing right now to solve these problems? And why, uh, you know, let's let's say that they invite you in, and you know, you come and pitch and show your technology. What is the biggest reason why they are switching from what they're doing now to what you do?
1: Joey, I'm going to take this for a second because I'm going to tie it back to your other question about uh, lessons learned, second. right? And um, I think fundamentally, and again, I'm a bit of the, the short timer in terms of being a utility for, what, the last three years or so. But uh, in my viewpoint, I'm coming into a business that uh, for the first time I've ever been associated with in the public safety world uh, is really the, uh, the lesson learned is the opportunities that are available inside public safety, uh, to leverage technology to drive productivity and efficiency, uh, you know productivity and efficiency are two words, if you will, that are used out there, uh, you know, day in and day out, right? In the call it the non-public safety world, right? Um, the reality is it doesn't connect a lot yet in the public safety world, and what you do end up with is is a lot of departments that inherently are, I won't say. Inefficient, but can be much more productive simply because they operate in very much a siloed perspective. And that siloed perspective is what drives opportunities for that small or to medium sized department that you mentioned, uh, you know, in the middle of the country that's interested in talking to us, because they functionally now are at a point where. They don't have enough capacity in terms of resources, i.e. they don't have enough officers. And so they have to start looking at how do I make my officers much more efficient? How do I make them much more productive? How do I keep them out in the streets serving the community versus behind the desks managing their digital evidence, having to classify evidence and all these kind of things. And so looking at utility from that perspective, that's where we start to come and be engaged with a potential prospect or client like that who's only... They might have these facets of the solution. They might have a body camera system. They might have an a in-car video system in their vehicles. They might have a digital evidence management platform, but they're all disparate, and they have no ability to actually bring them together, and they didn't need to before because, frankly, they had staffing that would allow that to happen, mm-hmm. and in today's world, they just don't have the staffing to drive the amount of time and effort to put all these into a singular platform, share it up the food chain, as I like to say, and Simon said earlier, you know, to prosecutors and whatnot. That essentially, again, is an opportunity to reduce bottlenecks that exist today in the process that weren't there three, five, ten years ago.
0: Sure. Okay. So, so part of it is a question of resources or lack thereof. Part of it is a question of just as you know, we all rely you know, more on technology and use it to help you know, enhance our lives and hopefully free up time. Um, none of the solutions at, that are out there right now that someone might be using speak to each other the way that yours do holistically, it sounds like.
1: I think that's an accurate statement and correct, and that is uh, the value proposition that we bring, which is the integration of the platform, right, and the platform in this case being that digital evidence management platform and getting all the content there. Uh, the second part of the benefit of that content, which Simon mentioned earlier, which is also something that truly differentiates us, is the ability to automate via workflow, i.e. based on the policy that each department has, to essentially allow these things and allow these interactions to be recorded, Automatically without any manual interaction. That's in its simple, finite world. That's productivity and efficiency right then and there. Yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about
0: the company itself. All right. So we have, I, I think this is a, it's an interesting point of view because, you know, Simon, we have you that, you know, has been with the company since the beginning as a founder. Michael, we have you that has come on as CEO in the past couple of years, you know, obviously kind of seeing the company at very different times in its life cycle. So uh, I am curious how each of you has approached culture and team building um, from your different vantage points and departments and what is important to you. As you look to the future of utility on those on both those fronts,
1: you want to go first? Sure, I'll take a start. Not a problem at all. I think one of the um, the unique things that Joyce I got involved with utility uh, and looked at culturally, um, you always kind of liked, and I've had I've been fortunate enough to have success in, in other businesses, um, and you know, and bring them the market to a, a high level of growth and uh, and driving high levels of client satisfaction. And one of the things that rang. Pretty near immediate with me with utility is is that uh, from the client facing side of things we talked about our value proposition which is you know really about transparency and accountability. Our internal culture did not actually have that, so we didn't. Our internal culture didn't necessarily match what we were selling and what we were providing to the client base. And so over the last three years or so, one of the you know a number one priority on my end um, has been driving. Uh, a change in the culture that matches how we're actually expecting our clients to actually use our application or our platform as well, which is, you know, first of all, being transparent about what the business is, transparent about what our strategy and direction is. Uh, measuring it on a consistent basis and more importantly sharing that information on a consistent basis with our employee base so that they can see both the good, uh, and the bad and the bad obviously representing opportunities to improve and that, um, we talk about how to improve on those things that, that, you know, can be improved versus, uh, filing them away <laughs> or mm-hmm. essentially not bringing them to the forefront. So for me, that's really the cultural transition that we've – and we're not there yet, right? It takes a long time to actually drive that change, but it's really driving that level of uh, accountability and transparency. Uh, it's easy to do at the executive level, but it's also important to drive that all the way down into the organization as well to match, frankly, what our value proposition is to the client base. Sure. So as as far as our people – uh, uh,
2: are concerned, I think we like to attract people that actually care about what we do because what we do matters. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we've, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of employees that have uh, stayed with us for uh, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, when uh, you're working on something that could save lives or create the... Uh, the uh, harmony that we are looking uh, for in the communities that we live in, it, I think it matters and I think most of most of the, the people that work at our, our company understand that what we do matters on a day-to-day basis.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because really you are a mission-driven organization um, very purely and for someone that, look, we all have different levels of kind of what we need out of our work, okay? Some people can go somewhere for eight to nine hours a day and do whatever they need to do and then come back home and it doesn't necessarily, um, their, their self and, uh, their kind of purpose isn't as much tied into that. There's, there's a lot of people that I think don't, um, aren't able to compartmentalize, right? I, 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 put myself in one of those positions right it matters a lot to me what I'm doing with that time and how it makes up my identity and I'd imagine that people who come to work for you um, you would hope uh, feel that way as well
2: I think it's it's, uh, it's uh, clear that uh, people actually enjoy what they do because uh, as I said earlier it, it matters and you can actually see in the quality of the work that we put out uh, when uh, you're close enough to see exactly how our uh, uh, clients use our product mm-hmm. and how important it is for their day-to-day. This is a 24-7, 365 uh, platform. Uh, everyone gets involved in a very intimate way to make sure that we're providing the services that we need to provide for, uh, for that to happen.
0: Well, it's, just, it's real and tangible results. I think so much technology can be somewhat esoteric, um, and kind of hard to nail down exactly what you did. This is extremely, um, it's, it's there right for the eye to see, right? It's not that complicated. The technology is obviously complicated, but the end mm-hmm. result, it's very clear and easy to understand.
2: Absolutely, and sometimes you see it on the uh, news cycle, you'll see our product, uh as uh, part of what is uh, telling the story, and I think that is important
0: sure okay so 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 let's talk about the news because the police have <laughs> been in the news um, a, a good bit over the past couple of years, and I, I think that like I think everyone around this table could probably agree that there's a lot of uh, misconceptions out there about uh, police and police departments, but I am curious you guys talk to these agencies all day every day, you know whether it's from a Real tangible standpoint, or from a morale standpoint, you know, how has the the you know the social justice movements and the the defund talk? How do you see that playing out with the folks that you work with on a daily basis?
1: Folks that we work on a daily basis um, are definitely impacted by it, uh, and it's not good. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, you know, certainly not. Uh, it has a significant impact on morale. Uh, it has a significant impact on their mental health, and uh, you know I think today, if you look just look at the average agency across the board, you know it's not unusual for twenty to thirty percent of staffing uh, to be open. And when you're basically working double, triple time uh, in a already a, a heightened environment, um, and then you throw on top of that. Some of the movements that frankly you know from a utility perspective we 're benefiting greatly from that movement in the marketplace, and um, you know it just adds a lot to those officers lives day in and day out and um, you know our viewpoint there is is that yes, we certainly want to be part of the uh, of the solution mm-hmm. and we certainly are, but we also don 't want to be looked at as an absolute have to have uh, because somebody says they have to have it. And that's really been the drive that we're trying to actually connect with a client base on is is that how can we actually use this platform? And I know I've used this probably too many times here, but there's that productivity and efficiency piece that Mm -hmm. says, look at this as a tool to help you do your job I don't want to say better, but more efficiently and more productive because our assumption, obviously, is they're all doing a great job. That, that's right. right. Well, and that's the starting point. You know, and I can imagine
0: that it... Look, you probably don't become a police officer to have to deal with uh, back office technology work. <laughs> right. You know? And so I think that anything can, that can be done that, look, whether from a paperwork perspective, technology perspective, a- a- anything that... Um, you know a- allow someone to just purely do the job for which they were hired and are most passionate about i mean i think you can take this across a lot of different industries right lawyers that you know run their own firm but you know they suddenly they're like i i didn't sign up to be a manager i just want to practice law i mean obviously very different fields but i think that you can take this across a lot of different professions doctors for example <laughs> Just want to practice medicine, not deal with all the other stuff. Um, police officers, I think it's just even much more of an acute example because it has such real life consequences. Um, I'm I'm unfortunately not surprised to hear you talk about twenty to thirty percent of openings because I mean, how do you recruit? How, how do you recruit in an environment in which you are, you know, the the sales pitch is okay? Come and get you know, a decent bit of criticism from the community uh, for not amazing pay and put yourself at risk, uh, you know,
1: no kidding. Uh. (laughs) I mean, no kidding. Um, And as Simon said, I mean, that's where we find ourselves as a a business trying to support that. Right. And, you know, we, we, our view and our, if you will, mission and vision is, is to give them something that differentiates not only how they can do their job day in and day out, but makes it easier for them to do their job day in and day out. So it's much more comfortable for them to actually drive and connect with that community. You know. And it's, um, I wish I could say that we had the ability to do that. We, I mean, in terms of essentially bringing them on board, we don't. What we can do is just basically give them a tool that will make them much more efficient or much more effective in their job. They obviously have to have the commitment to do that job and commit to essentially you know, supporting the community and the community's interactions.
2: And I I just want to go back to what you said earlier. As part of your job, uh, there is something that you want to do, and then there is this extra stuff that comes with it, the paperwork, the documentation, all of that stuff. And we try and pay attention to these things and try and figure out how we can automate uh, some of these things by integrating with external uh, products like computer-aided dispatch systems so that we can... Document the incident without the officer having to do anything at all, mm-hmm. so that he can focus on or she can focus on what they need to do to to uh, complete their uh, task. What that means is, it, the more and more and more integrations that we bring into our platform, the less and less work your uh, manual work you'll have to do, and I, hopefully that will help and and become a force multiplier and uh, reduce the burden of uh, loss of. Uh, uh, employees uh, within the
0: department. Well, one would hope so. I mean, I think that I'm a firm believer that a lot of little changes make up a big change. And I think all, for your product to be successful amongst other uh, sharp sure factors and KPIs that you track, I mean, if it even saves an officer 10 to 15 minutes of um, time that they can focus to the actual job for which they are passionate, for which they were hired to do, that's a win, right absolutely. and and you multiply that across days and departments, and that that makes a very big impact absolutely
1: it, The other thing that 's very um, beneficial that uh, you know we believe our platform delivers and we work with our partner agencies to try to do this is is to bring the human aspect mm-hmm. of the job to the community. And we're fortunate enough with our technology and the way that it works automatically is we have the ability to capture a lot of those for for our agency partners. But more importantly, what we have is the ability uh, for them to share that with the community in a non, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, controversial perspective. And it's not based on a, an event that uh, sure. you know can be a lightning rod. It's really about essentially connecting with the community and sharing those stories with the community about how these officers interact with them day in and day out. And that's that human interest side that we also have been working strongly over the last, give it two years or so, with the various um, agency departments from their information side of things and their their outreach side of things to actually share these real-world stories about how not just, not our technology, but how our technology captures really, really good, solid interactions with the community and sharing that and allowing the agencies to share that with the community in a much more proactive basis versus a reactive basis. Sure. I, look, I think you guys are, that, that's fantastic,
0: right? It's um, your, oh, look, your, Your very simple purpose is to sell technology that makes you know uh, police departments' lives easier, right? But but I think that you have rightly tapped into that. That's really not all there is to it, right? Based upon the community um, that you serve, the industry that you serve, you know, it's you need to do. You got to do your part as well.
1: You have to be very flexible. Yes, Uh, and like I say, we made a very strategic but You talk about culture and one of the other things that we did beyond, of course, transparency and accountability is really looked at how we interact with at that time, we called them customers. Uh, today, we call them clients because essentially it really changed our business model to where we had to believe and, and have and do now that at least in each and every day, we deliver a service to that client base. Mm-hmm. And so we're only as good as what we did for that client base yesterday as it pertains to our platform. And we believe that from just a deep down culture pr- perspective, that ties us deeper and wider into the community, number one, but also essentially the direct um, agencies that we're supporting as well because we're dealing with them day in and day out versus maybe historically it would have been more of a traditional transaction and be done, Mm -hmm. and then let them basically do whatever they needed to do with the platform. And what we found is the adoption rates of the platform and the advanced automation features of the platform, et cetera, uh, tended to actually um, reduce over time because you didn't have that ongoing interaction. That's right. And let's be honest, you guys are the experts at your own technology. We'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let, let, let's talk about the future. So we touched a little bit on um, expanding into the federal space. Um, you know, we talked about work with uh, prosecutors. What what else What else is happening? Whether it's branding changes, whether it is international work, different products. What does the next twelve to eighteen months hold for utility?
1: Simon, why don't you give a view from the technology side, twelve to eighteen months, and I'll wrap it into the branding and stuff.
2: So uh, one thing that we didn't talk about is the uh, need for a a platform for a digital evidence management search, uh, uh, the ability to publish video, uh, uh, the ability to edit video, all of that is becoming more and more important now. When you're building a case, we're not talking about one or two files. We're talking about hundreds of files that would go into a case. It could be PDF documents. It could be images. It could be videos captured by uh, police officers, or it could be from a Nest camera. So there is a lot of work being done on our platform to make that, the collection of that data a lot easier and the ability to tag it as it's going in so it's searchable and easy to find. The next piece of that is how do you now take that data that is collected by an investigator, pass it to a prosecutor so we've built a, a platform uh, as I mentioned earlier for the prosecutors and we've created a connector between these two platforms so that uh, the end user is uh, all they have to do is push a single button and walk away and we take care of the transfer of data behind the scenes uh, The next thing is we're tapping into fixed camera feeds, adding artificial intelligence into uh, into that platform so that we have the ability now to reduce the amount of eyeballs that need to be fixed on screens mm-hmm. and let the machine do most of the work and allow allow the officers to actually be alerted when uh, interesting things happen. That is something that we're bringing to the market right now. And it's all integrated pa- back into the uh, existing platform called Polaris, where on the map, you would see officer movement. Now you'll see cameras that are easily available for uh, for access. So imagine a scenario where police officer is driving to an intersection, and if there is a camera there, he would see it on the map, click on it, and see exactly what he expects to see or she expects to see when she arrives uh, on scene. So there are a number of things that we're doing in that, in that uh, realm that uh, is very interesting, exciting. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, as we continue pushing towards... Getting more data from citizens, we've uh, created tools that allow us, allow an investigator to click a button on a map and say, hey, do you have a video on this date that could be related to a crime? And it goes automa- automatically into a case. So,
0: that, that is fascinating. Okay, so, so let's, you know, everyone has the ring cameras right now, yep. right? <laughs> so, how does the message from an investigator get out to, well, let's just take say it's a mile radius. Okay. right how does it actually go out to those everyday people like us sitting around the table
2: so there are community programs right now where you would we a uh, police department can can come and ask to register your cameras huh. that that doesn't mean they will have access to your cameras it just means they will know the presence of a camera at a specific location
0: sure they could say all right this happened at this intersection we know that these three houses you know with proximity to it have cameras
2: absolutely so at that point the investigator can send a message a text message to to the owner of the camera wow. requesting uh, access not access to the video but that they would clip the video out of the could be ring nest it doesn't matter what system and send it up to polaris so that the investigator gets notification saying hey you've received a message from so and so and they would go and review the the evidence Without such a technology, they would have to go door to door, knock on doors, and no. see if someone has any evidence at all. That's amazing.
0: That That is extraordinarily powerful. And actually, you you just touched on something that I'm, I'm going to tell you a perception I have, and you can tell me how right or wrong I am. So I am very curious if um, the proliferation of not just personal cameras, but also, I mean, we have the cameras all across all of our major cities, right? Yep and i think to myself uh, not that i really have plans of committing a crime but i i think to myself how does anyone in this day and age where there are cameras everywhere on everyone's phone everyone's house every light pole how does anyone get away with anything i am curious if uh, my perception is are have 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 police departments had higher clearance rates since the uh you know cameras have kind of spread around or am I thinking way too optimistically?
2: I think it's getting easier with uh, automated uh, uh, plate readers and uh, cameras on intersections and uh, personal cameras nest and things like that. Mobile cameras usually come into play once something actually happens. Sure. Pe- people pull them out, but there are cameras everywhere. And in addition to that, your mobile device is also collecting a lot of data that could be valuable. Right. So it's a GPS tracking device. Exactly. In your pocket. So yep. uh, The question is not where the data exists, but the investigator having access to that data. That's, that's the big piece, right? Yes. And we're trying to connect the dots.
0: Right. You can, I
2: could can have a
1: library full of books, but if they're not
0: alphabetized
1: or categorized,
0: how do I find what I
1: want? Right. That's right. You go back to the uh, other part of the conversation we were talking about the lessons learned, right? Is—and uh, You look at these departments who are down headcount 20 30%, and you look at a community who's actually asking for, where is my police presence? Right. The way that you can actually bring the police presence to the community given the shortfall in headcount is you improve or you automate some levels of the investigative outreach. Whereas before, you know, you might have a department that was staffed well enough where you could dispatch an officer to every robbery, have a discussion with the uh, uh, the individuals who are associated with it. And whereas today, probably the first thing that happens is, is we'll get there in a couple of days because we're backlogged and take a report. Right. But what we can do is essentially take the time and... Uh, the time associated and where it happened and essentially search cameras from an investigative perspective to actually see if there's something on camera that we can actually do it. So they start the investigation kind of remotely uh, versus essentially in a face to face basis. I think that's cha- The policing has changed significantly in the very, very short period of time as a result of that. And um, you know, in integrating that all together, as Simon said earlier is really kind of what uh, we see our kind of uh, our mission expanding to and enhancing to is um, we're, we're awesome Uh, world-class at evidence, evidence management capture. And now, as we basically are branching out, it's really bringing in the investigative front end to that so that an investigator can do that remotely, do that from the platform, make his or her determination about what truly is then evidentiary, and then move that into the back end, if you will, the platform, which now becomes a case. I mean, it seems like such a logical next place for your business to go. We seem to think so. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, uh, you know, it, it's, it's in line with kind of the productivity and efficiency push as well. Um, and more importantly, it's also tying in with the platform view and helping those departments who uh, you know, historically were siloed uh, mm-hmm. become much more integrated as well.
0: Sure. Uh, so we're talking about all this growth and change and new technology. Are you hiring?
1: <laughs> we are okay. um no uh, uh no tongue in cheek here but uh frankly we can't hire fast enough okay. um and I, I don't think we're immune to that i frankly think a lot of businesses today actually are uh, face that obviously um we have qualification requirements uh for folks et cetera. but yes we are hiring i mean i think uh you know today we have roughly 130 uh employees and uh, functionally between now and the end of the year we would expect to have 180 or so wow. Uh, to match um, a good month for us is uh, we would expect to see between 10 and 12 uh, employees be kind of onboarded uh, to the business. And... um Maybe a good rule of thumb is sixty percent of them would be kind of home base, i.e., in and around Decatur, our headquarters, mm-hmm. and the other thirty to forty percent would be remote in the field, uh, you know, tied to our clients, either in a uh, support fashion, uh, as in support engineering, and/or in a role of um, application or selling role uh, in terms of actually uh, bringing on new clients. All right, so hear that out there, listening. If you are a uh
0: Interested in a mission-driven, cutting-edge technology company. Sounds like you guys are the right place to be.
2: Absolutely. It's a great company to work for. Uh, And like Michael said, any qualified candidate should apply. We have a lot of positions. So, Okay,
0: so for those listening who want to learn more about your company, whether it's uh, from a product or a careers perspective, your website, is it utility.com or utilityinc.com?
2: Utility.com.
0: Okay, Very simple, everyone. Utility.com. Michael and Simon, thank you so much for coming on and speaking about the really great work you guys are doing.
1: Thank you. Joey, thank you very much. It's been very enlightening. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Take care, everyone.